Hey, listening family, we have some exciting news. And we do have something exciting going on. We are going through a name change for our radio broadcast, and we're going to shift the name from Living Truth Radio to Walk in Truth. And Walk in Truth is a name that I think helps capture the heartbeat of this ministry, help people to walk out the truth, to live out the truth, to walk by faith and not by sight. So we're going to stay the same. We're going to change from Living Truth Radio to Walk in Truth. Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. These guys, when they lower the paralytic through the roof, they had to dig a hole. And I don't think they were carrying shovels with them, my friends. I think they had to start digging with their hands. And they had to dig a hole through a couple of feet of a roof, which I'm sure was not a five-minute project. They had to dig and dig and dig some more. And can you imagine the people down below who were under this part of the roof with dirt clods and stuff on them? Hey! Wouldn't you be a little upset? What are you doing? There's dirt falling on me. Cut it out. Stop it. I mean, faith has to have some persistence Is it just a few voices that stop you from digging? We were in a staff meeting and one of our pastors said, you know, I heard somebody once say that uh, God will call our faith to dig through layers often. It's not just, you know, that we just do a little something. Sometimes we have to dig. Sometimes we have to get our hands dirty and we're gonna have opposition. And imagine how big that hole had to be. It had to be big enough for a stretcher. Not just a little hole, they had to make a man-sized hole that would allow the stretcher to be lowered through the hole. That's something. That's faith. Can you imagine Peter standing down below, maybe next to the Lord? It's his mother-in-law's house. You're going to fix that, Peter might say. You made the hole. (laughs) You're fixing it. This is messy stuff. This is not easy. And there were probably other people standing outside who, when they first went up, and they had outside stairwells in in these ancient houses, so they could have climbed up an outside stairwell or maybe found a neighbor's stairwell and then carried the guy, you know, carefully across. And so they, they went up there and they dug and they lowered him down. And can you imagine some people standing outside and saying, hey, what are you, I wish I would have thought of that. How many people take big steps of faith and they find a way when there doesn't seem to be a way and then we stand back and say, why didn't you think of that? Why didn't I think of that? See, the Lord honors faith. And these men go up and faith found a way because love drove them. They they weren't gonna be turned away just by a supposed closed door. How about you? What does it take for you to give up? and go home. Well, these guys wouldn't. If you were on the stretcher, would you want your friends to fight for you? Well, that's what they did. And they removed the roof above him when they had dug an opening and they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. Uh, Moses left Egypt. He did not fear the wrath of the king. 
as seeing him who is unseen. We often say as Christians, we want to walk by faith and not by sight. So sometimes when we see a closed door, we need to pray, Lord, give me your eyes. I know you can illuminate a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. In fact, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, there's a sea here, but there's a God who made the sea. There's an obstacle here, but I believe that, Lord, you can knock down obstacles. That's faith. Faith is kind of like a muscle. Saving faith is a different category. Saving faith, the moment you believe in Jesus, he gives you forgiveness of your sins. But active faith, the Hebrews 11 kind of faith, is a life of faith. It's walking and saying, Lord, I believe that you're gonna meet me here as I trust in you. Faith is not always clean, tidy, or cheap. Someone was gonna have to patch that hole. Sometimes we don't wanna stick around after the hole is dug, right? We don't mind digging the hole, but then we say, hey, uh, do you have anybody around here who can clean it up afterwards? Because the Super Bowl's on this afternoon, and I've got a lineup of food that I have decided to partake of before kickoff. It includes chili dogs, chips, things that will give me a tummy ache. <laughs> so I don't want to stick around. I don't, I don't have to clean up any messes. Is that your faith? You want it always to be clean and easy? You want to be able to show up and go home? That's not what the Lord's calling us to do. And you're going to watch that the Lord honors the faith of these four men who stuck to it. In Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, in your ears you will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, Isaiah 30, verse 21, you will hear a voice say to you, this is the way. Walk in it. And these men knew that Jesus was the way. And Jesus, verse five, seeing their faith. Whose faith did he see? Somebody came up to me after first service and said, well, he saw the faith of the four men. I, I believe so. I think they're the focus of the story. Did the paralyzed man have faith as well? I think it took some faith just to go with this plan. Just to lay there. Just to say, please don't drop me. I've got enough problems. I hope the pulley system that you've come up with is going to work. I'm sure it was embarrassing that all of a sudden every eye in that house turned to him. And I'm sure there were a lot of upset people. How dare him dig a hole in the roof? Can you believe it? I'm sure there was a lot of chatter, a lot of disgusted people. How would you feel if you were that man? And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, my son, would you notice in verse five, this is a shocking statement. Your sins are forgiven. Now, if you're one of the four friends that has gone through all this stuff to get your paralyzed friend to Jesus, wouldn't you say something like this? Ah, uh, Lord, I don't know if you've noticed, but he needs physical healing. He's paralyzed. I hope we didn't do all this work for you to make some statement like about his sins. He can't walk. Lord, (laughs) 
Thanks, Captain Obvious. Appreciate your help on this one. Why would he say your sins are forgiven? You know, in Jewish uh, theology at the time, the rabbis taught that every sickness was tied to a sin that you had committed. So if you were in this kind of situation, they would say, maybe your parents sinned, maybe you sinned, maybe you even sinned in the womb, but your paralysis, your leprosy, your problem, whatever it may be, must be because you have sin in your life. And of course, we all know, because I've told you that Jesus' miracles were parables, that the man is a picture of all of us, paralyzed by sin, under the weight of sin. Romans 3, 9 says we're all under it. It's like a boulder, and the Lord lifts it, and he laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the paralyzed man. He's a picture of all of us. Our greatest need is not physical healing. Our greatest need is spiritual healing. Do you believe that? I said in a previous message that everyone that Jesus healed in Capernaum or for that matter, any other town, that healing, physically speaking, was at best temporary. Those people were all still going to die of their last disease. And in fact, the indictment on Capernaum was this, that Jesus did all these miracles and the bulk of the people did not repent. They did not see the spiritual picture behind the healing And today we have a lot of talk about healing and stuff, and I know that when we're sick, we desperately desire to be healthy. I don't want to downplay that at all. But the biggest need that people have today is not to have a bill paid, not to have a meal provided. Those are important things. Their biggest need is spiritual healing. And during the week, we all spend time here as pastors at the church, and we have people who come with needs during the week. Some are legitimate Some people come to the church for help because they want a temporary need to be met. But sometimes when we meet those people, I'm just gonna be blunt with you, we're sometimes wondering about their motives. They know the church can be benevolent and kind and gracious. So they come and they get a need met, but we often, when we start preaching the gospel, the wall goes up. Now, I just want you to take care of my shelter for a night. I want you to feed me for a night. No doubt we should be doing that. But they often don't want to hear about their deepest need. And to be blunt with you, sometimes their situation is connected to the fact that that deepest need has not been met. I want to be careful here. We all know that not every situation is tied to sin. We all know that not every sickness is a consequence of sin. But some people are in a situation that they've created and frankly, they don't want to be cured. Jesus, the man at the pool of Bethesda, he's been in this condition for, I think, 38 years and Jesus says to him, do you want to be well? I mean, that man could say, are you kidding me? I've been in this condition for 38 years. But Jesus always asked the question for a reason because maybe Deep down, he didn't want to. That's the question. And so Jesus saw their faith. Whose faith? Probably the whole group, but I would imagine the focus is probably more on the four that dug through the roof here. In the Old Testament, there is a connection between sickness and uh, sin, and I don't want to push it too far, but I want to remind you of this verse. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. If they will seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways and I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will what? Heal their land. Is it possible that more things that we realize have a spiritual root to them? People who are not doing well emotionally, people who are having other problems, could it be that we don't give as much credit to the spiritual dimension of life as maybe we should? It's Mike Massaro, and you're listening to Living Truth Radio with Pastor Michael Lance. And we'll get back to the teaching in about 30 seconds. But I want to tell you about a special offer that we have available. It's Pastor Michael's book, Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It's about spiritual warfare, how to overcome temptation, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The special offer is, if you go to livingtruthradio.org, that's livingtruthradio.org, and click on the Donate button, for any donation, we'll send you a copy of that book. Just make sure you tell us in the contact form that you'd like the book. Now, back to Pastor Michael. Well, God looked at Israel, and he, he kind of connected the two. Psalm 147 Verses one through three, if we want to write it down, it says, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant and praise is becoming. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. In order to find healing, we've got to let the Lord in. Psalm 41, verse three says, the Lord will sustain him upon his sickbed in his illness Thou dost restore him to health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal my soul, Psalm 41, verse four, for I've sinned against you. And then Jeremiah 3, 22, God says, return, O faithless sons, and I will heal your faithlessness. Hosea 14, four says, I will heal their apostasy. And James 5, 16 says, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So there is this connection between sickness and sin. In fact, sin in many ways is a sickness, and you don't want to push this too far theologically, but you need to understand that the Bible often connects the two. Not always, but there is a connection. And here is this desperate man and Jesus meets his greatest need. One writer said, healing is a gracious movement of God into the sphere of the withering and decay, which are the tokens of death at work in a man's life. Every healing that God does is a driving back of death and an invasion of the province of sin. Sin is seen as a power reigning in people's lives. And the beauty of this picture, and I don't want to push this analogy too far, is that God cut a hole into heaven and his son came down to heal our paralysis. That's the beauty of the motive that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I'm sure there were some there thinking, why does he talk about sin? Why does he, why does he focus on this man's sin? There were some of the scribes, verse six, Mark two, some of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? The Old Testament is filled with these um, ideas that only God can forgive sin. If you wanna write this down, Exodus 34, six, Psalm 103, verse three, Isaiah 43, 25, and Daniel 9, 9, only God can forgive sin. 
So the implication of the words of the, and they're not even words, they're just thoughts right now, is who does he think he is? Telling this man that his sins are forgiven. Why does he speak this way? And they were thinking it in their hearts. Matthew 9, 3 and 4 says, they were saying to themselves, this fellow blasphemes, and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? It's very inconvenient when someone knows what you're thinking. In fact, it's another testimony that Jesus is God. Not only does he forgive sins, but he knows people's thoughts. Have you ever had a moment where you were thinking something and you were around a group of people and you praised God that other people could not hear your thoughts? Because you sometimes think to yourself, if they only knew what I was thinking right now, this would be a rather uncomfortable moment, would it not? You ever have just a thought pop into your head and you go, oh my goodness, where did that come from? Thank you, Lord, that my, my thoughts are not on display before everybody, but your thoughts are on display before God. And as a man thinks... So he is. Jesus said it's out of the heart that come all the stuff that eventually comes out of the mouth. God only knows the heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7, God knows the heart. And immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Can you imagine being a religious leader? You're sitting on your seat of judgment, all pompous. Yeah, who do you think he is? All of a sudden, Jesus confronts you about your thoughts. <laughs> what? Why are you reasoning that way in your mind? Can you imagine if you had that power just for one day? You might not ever want to have that power again to know what people are thinking. And he said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or to say, arise, take up your pallet and walk. What's easier? Well, people could say talk is cheap. You could make this statement, but how do we really know that that is what's occurred? But in order that you may know that the Son of Man, from Daniel 7, 13 and 14, has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, you know what's coming, right? Get up. I say to you, rise, take your pallet, and go home. And can you imagine being that paralytic? In Matthew's version, Jesus says to him, take courage, my sons, your sins are forgiven. And some of you just need to park there because... Sometimes you, as a Christian, don't believe your sins are forgiven. And Jesus might say to you, take courage, my daughter. Your sins are forgiven. We say, are you sure, Lord? Even the big ones? Even the thoughts I had today? Take courage. Your sins are forgiven. Do you believe that? If you are in Christ, that's the reality of who you are. Be of good cheer. Your sins... The biggest problem we have are what? They're forgiven. Now you can rise to new life and you can walk. Now, imagine being this guy. You've spent perhaps the last several years on a stretcher and all of a sudden he says, rise and walk and you're able to rise. Can you imagine your friends up top? Woo-hoo, yeah! And people might, in the room might say, hey, calm down, calm down. Save that for the Super Bowl, man. When you go home today, you can paint your face orange and black or blue and gray or whatever, and then you can throw your Cheetos when your team doesn't do well and get all fired up, but this is church, man. Calm it down. 
You ever have a person next to you and they're worshiping a little stronger than you? They're waxing on and waxing <laughs> off. You kind of do this thing. You don't say it, but God knows your thoughts, right? Boy, that's a little fanatical, don't you? This, this whole, what's going on with that, right? But when you go home and you, your team scores in the Super Bowl, you got no problem, right? There's going to be a bunch of fanatical people. By the way, they paid about $50,000 per ticket, whatever it is, right? And they have no problem going nuts for their team today. But this is church. Let's calm it down a little bit. Well, I'm sure the friends were hooping and hollering. And could you imagine this guy rising up in the middle of this room? <laughs> he must have been woohooing, man. He's like Paul Hicks. If you guys know Paul Hicks, he's just woohooing. And he is a picture of a man who's now been forgiven and resurrected to new life. He's a picture of a person born again. And when that happens, you can't help but want to say something, I hope. And he started glorifying God. He arose immediately. He took up his pallet and went out in the sight of all so that they were all amazed and were glorifying who? God. And they were saying, We've never seen anything like this. Can you imagine him going down the dusty roads with the sun behind him, maybe with some of his friends, his four friends? I know that's a weak dance, but hey, he's probably going down the street. Woo, yeah, yeah. There was joy. Joy in the streets of Capernaum. He was praising and glorifying God. It says of the ministry of the Messiah, Isaiah 35 Verse six, then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb will shout for joy for waters will break forth in the wilderness and streams in the Arabah. I'm sure there was great joy. Go over to Luke's gospel and we'll finish it up. So here's this man. Jesus has just raised him and the theological implications are huge. Here's why. The, the Pharisees believed, the scribes believed that a person could not really show forgiveness until their physical healing happened because they thought that their condition was tied to sin. So physical healing had to mean that spiritual healing had taken place. And now their theology is really challenged but because when the guy rises and walks, what's implied in the healing is that his sins have also been taken care of. Here's why. They can't be consistent in their theology. They believe that every disease was tied to sin. So if the man's healed of his disease, guess what? His sin has also been dealt with. And now there's some people in the room that are not particularly happy about what has taken place. And so look at verse 23 of Luke chapter five. Verse 23, which is easier to say? You have, your sins have been forgiven you or to say, rise and walk. Now, they're both probably easy to say. It's another thing to back them up. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your stretcher and go home. And at once he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on and went home, here it is, glorifying God. Can you imagine that? I don't know how far away his house was. Could you imagine him walking through the door that day? Maybe his wife and he had a conversation. I'm not sure that this is a good idea, honey. Friends are waiting at the door. We should go. We, we, we think it's, I don't know. A lot of, we've already heard there's a lot of people here. We're just gonna go, honey. Can you imagine now this guy that's lived on a stretcher? He comes home, opens the door. Hey, 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 hey. 
Can you imagine being part of that household? That must have been a cool moment. And here's the spiritual picture. There are people everywhere on spiritual stretchers. The world is under this weight of sin. And four friends on an afternoon in Capernaum found a way. They dug through the rubble. They made a mess. And they got their friends to the feet of Jesus. And I just want to ask you, what is the Lord calling you to do in light of this? In this new year where maybe you've said, hey, I want my faith to increase. I want to do more. I want to get more people to the feet of Jesus so that they can experience healing. We're going to host a Harvest America here. And one of the biggest goals is not to have a bunch of Christians sitting here when we do Harvest America. The goal is going to be to have unbelievers in the house so that they can meet the prince and it'll be the prince and the paralytic and we want to see a bunch of people rise up spiritually that day. But it's going to take us taking the corner of a stretcher and saying, come, I'll even pick you up. I don't know. I don't don't know. Should I go? I'll pick you up. Just take one corner of the stretcher and God will do incredible miracles in our midst. If you're a person who maybe you've wrestled with some of this stuff and now you know Christ or you need to make a confession of faith right now in Jesus, let me just say to you, get right with God right now. Trust in Jesus Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you came into this world to live that perfect life that I could not live. You died on that cross. I believe it for my sins. You rose from the dead. I believe you're alive today. And I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. Brother, sister, friend, if it's you, do it right now. I repent of my sin. I put my full trust in Jesus as my King, my Lord, my Savior, my friend. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Let me be born again of your Holy Spirit. Pray if it's you. Pray right now. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but pray right now. Get right with God and then move forward in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Get into his word and get his word deep into you. We're not playing a game here, folks. This is real life stuff. Be born again to that living hope. Grow in your most holy faith. Get into a good, healthy Bible teaching church and serve the Lord with whatever days he gives you on this planet. That's what life is about. And you can be at peace with God. You can be at peace with yourself. You, you don't have to be afraid. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you take your stand on the promises of God and you walk with him and darkness will flee from your life. If you want to reach out to us, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out through livingtruthradio.org and use the contact form. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know if you opened your heart to Jesus Christ. Let us know uh, if we can be of help to you in finding a good, healthy church in your area. And if you are anywhere near the Inland Empire, come and visit us at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. You can find out all you'd want to know at the website, livingtruthradio.org. This is Pastor Michael Lance on behalf of Oscar Santa Cruz and Rebecca Santa Cruz stepping in on the board today. We thank you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. 
Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.